Hello, folks. Uh, before I get into this episode, I just want to draw attention to a very tragic accident that happened last week. Uh, Stephanie heard from her family, and uh, her uncle suffered a tragic and fatal car accident uh, last Monday. And it's been extremely difficult, as you can imagine, for both Stephanie and I. Um, we got her on a plane the very next day, and she is back home with family. She's going to be there for the next week. Uh, so I am, I'm home here holding it down and um, just want to give thoughts and prayers and all the love to her and her entire family. Everyone is mourning. It's very, very sad, tragic. You know, it's a, it, it shouldn't have to be a reminder. And, you know, we get to these points, we, this stuff happens in life, you know, but the reality is, is that we're here today. We're gone tomorrow. You just do not know what tomorrow will bring. And if, if there's anything I can say right now during this difficult time, I would say pick up your phone and call your loved ones, your friends, family, anybody that means something to you, and just let them know that you love them. It means so much because you never know if that will be the very last time that you are able to do so. So if you can continue to have Stephanie and her family into in your thoughts and your prayers and that would be great. Thank you. Let's try to get into this episode here. Uh, I've got a nice, great jam-packed episode. Shout out to the lovely, wonderful Stephanie who helped put together a lot of these notes. And uh, while she's even there, and her downtime has continued to check in on me to make sure uh, the notes are legit and straight. I love that woman. She means everything to me. I'm very thankful and I really don't deserve somebody as sweet as her. Okay. Rest in peace, Richie. We love you. We love you so much. The music will carry on. And every great thing that you stood for, we will try to be the best we can be to that and for you. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. you start a show after coming off of that oh my goodness it's difficult but you know what we are we are a community here and no matter what happens in life we all are in this together and i feel that 
we all come together, we love one another, we have a common passion for all things great in entertainment and music and gaming and social things. And I just feel that as much as I, I just felt that this, I, I should continue and do the show. I should do it. I should mention something about him and and her family and just move forward and do this. And I, I'm just so, I, again, I'm so overjoyed with your support and your love and all of these situations because we ride this together, folks. I've said this from episode one, from the very beginning, is that this show is going to be not only about gaming and technology and whatever happens, it's going to be kind of vloggy in the form of about my life. And inside my life, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of different things that happen. There's a lot of different people that come and go and are involved and stuff that's happening in my life. So I'm going to talk about it. And uh, again, it's going to give it that more personal touch. That's something that was kind of the core. Um, it was in the core planning of this show was to be open and upfront and just kind of, you know, whatever happens, happens. I think that makes for a better show than something completely scripted and by the books and, you know, just that's not what I'm going to do. So, again, thank you guys. I love you all so much. This is episode 21, is it? <laughs> 21. Yeah, because we did, we did, yeah, episode 20 last night. That's right. It is August 4th. And I didn't do an episode last week because I spent the entire weekend that I had off producing Thrifton episode 36. If you haven't caught that yet, get on YouTube's and give it a watch. Stephanie and I went out and did another awesome Thrifton episode, probably the number one requested video that I get across the channel and on social media. You guys, where's Thrifton? Where's Thrifton? And I appreciate you so much because you say that because you want to see more and you have a lot of good times watching and laughing and we sure do too. So it's on YouTube, Heine House Entertainment. Of course, you just go to my website too. Check it out. Check out all that stuff there. Um, with that, social media, you guys know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Heine House is my name on there. And you can go ahead and send me a voicemail. We have the Heine House hotline, which is wide open for you right now. 503-908-5490. Call it. Leave me a voicemail. If you have a question, comment, concern, something you want to talk about, something that's on your mind, I'm there to listen. And so is everyone else. We're all in this together. 503-908-5490 is the hotline. And I would love to get on to taking some of your calls. In fact, I'm going to start the show by taking a call. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start it out with that. But first, give mad props and respect to all these amazing people you see on your screen. The show, this show, again, is completely funded. It's supported by all of these amazing people you see on your screen. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. If you like the show, if you enjoy it, if you tune in every week. Or maybe you're new to the show. You're checking it out. This is how it is remaining to be alive. And I put a little graphic up here because, look, we are now at 24 patrons. I am so thrilled. I'm very thankful for each and every one of you. I love you all. And we are, that takes us almost to 25% of our goal of 100 patrons right there. You know, even if you swing on in at 5 bucks a month, even if you swing in at 5 give it a little, a little 5 or a little cup of coffee, the cost of a, a Java, 
Java. It is much appreciated. And I want to say, I know this is a long-winded intro because there's a lot going on. This is this is our July 2019. Put it down in the books, folks. This is the month of growth. We have seen the most growth on Patreon this month than I have ever seen on Patreon. So let's give it up. We got some new people to welcome. Yes. And returning folks, of course. As you see on your screen, I put them right on there. Thank you, Mike Gloach. Is it Gloach or Glouch? I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher your name. And you guys know I do that. Mike, I'm sorry. I love you. You know that. I mean, come on. My last name's Heine. No one knows how to pronounce that. And even if they think they know how to pronounce it, they don't want to say Heine. So I get it. I catch people all the time. Is it Jason? Uh... No, no, you're smart. You're smart for not saying Heine. It is Heine. Well, it's high now, but whatever. We won't go there. Mike, thank you for your support. Returning patron, my man, Percy Havoc. Percy. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate your support. And, of course, returning patron and longtime supporter, Mr. Adam Pewitt. Adam. So good to see you. Thank you for your longtime support. Listening to all gen gamers and supporting my life, drum streams, and just being there on social media. You're all over the place. I appreciate you so, so much. And last but not least, my man Rusty Lewis. Upped his pledge, in fact. Thank you so much. Appreciate you so much. And he's got a podcast too. To cop. To, uh, to, wait, what the fuck is it? Um. I did the fucking intro. What is it? Otaku Brothers. That's what it is. I could, my uh, tongue was, uh, you know, in the way. Otaku Brothers. Look them up. Great podcast. Talk about gaming and all sorts of other fun stuff. They're fantastic. <laughs> Rusty, he, he sent me a message, too, on social media. He's getting into PC gaming. Come on. I'm the man to ask for that, and he knew that. We've been talking on Facebook back and forth. I'm setting him up with the right stuff. He got a nice Asus gaming laptop, and... He's figuring out how to get Steam and GOG and all these. It's fantastic. It's lovely. Like, I feel so good about helping people get them, especially into PC gaming, something I've been into my entire life. And I absolutely love it. Let's start the show off with uh, taking a phone call right from the line. 503-908-5490 is the phone number to give me a call. And let's pull it up here. Leave me a voicemail. Let's do it. Let's start the show off with a question. Hey, Jason, what's up? How's it going? This is your boy, Cliva, and I actually have something to tell you. Recently, I've been playing a lot of games, a lot of games in my backlog that I just haven't really beaten throughout the years. Mm, totally. And recently, I just beat them. Like, I actually beat two of them. Nice. Uh, the first is Final Fantasy Twelve. That game was released in, I think, like, 2013, uh, no, 2003, I believe. And I've been trying to finish this game for, like, the last, 10 12 <laughs> years or so and you know it's just one of those games where yeah. it's like it's kind of boring so you put it down you pick it up you put it down you, yeah, you, know, yeah, you, yeah, just, totally. you just keep starting the game over and over again uh -huh. but i recently just finished the game and i was thrilled i was absolutely thrilled yeah man now the other game i want to tell you about is uh toe jam and earl mm. back on the sega genesis mm -hmm. that game what is that game came out in like what the 90s and again that is one of those games that i've never finished i've never completed but recently uh i got the switch version and i actually finished the game i got all the space pieces i got back to my planet funkatron 
and <laughs> nice. it just blew me away. I yeah, was like, man, oh my god, so cool. I finally finished this game. I finally beat, beat Toe Jam Mineral and I beat Final Fantasy XII, <laughs> and it just blew me away. I was Congrats. ecstatic. Yeah. So my question to you is, I actually have two questions for you. A twofer. Uh, what is one game that you've been trying to finish for years mm. and you finally did it? You finally like, oh my God, I finally beat this game. I've finally completed it. I've got this it. This is amazing. I've I'm overjoyed. What is one of those games Instantly. where you, just, you, you couldn't beat, but you finally did? I know it. Now, my other question is the opposite. What is one of those games that you've never beaten but you tried and tried and tried it. and tried. <laughs> Great and you question. Just haven't been able to it. beat for whatever reason. Now, my answer to that second question is the original Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo, like mm. the original Nintendo. In the world 2.8, there's like this wicked long jump that I've never been able to get over. I've just, throughout the years, I've just never been able to get past this jump and it's been like haunting me for years. So those are my two questions questions. for your podcast. Again, great podcast. Love it. Keep it up later, dude. Cliva, my man, Mr. Quick Freeze. Thank you so much for the question. Hang on. Let's give you a round of applause on that for uh, being able to get in there and complete these games. Now, Toe Jam and Earl isn't a game I've completed. So, uh, Kudos to you on that. that. You actually bring up a very, very good question. And I feel like we're going to see more and more of a resurgence of this because what we're having is developers are re-releasing. And they've, they've been doing this for a long time. But it's not that it's like become mainstream now. But the fact is that everyone has a Switch or, you know, next this I say next gen, this gen console. And these developers are re-releasing these games, especially on Switch. They're they're going back and they're remaking them. We have games like the uh, NES Classic, Super Nintendo Classic, this new Genesis Classic that's coming out, the PS1 Classic. All these classic consoles are allowing us to go back now in time. And, you know, people who are hardcore gamers, we have these games. We can go back and play them on the original hardware whenever we want. Yes, I know that. But for people who aren't hardcore gamers, which makes up a big majority of people, they may, their their first or their second experience with the game may be on these consoles that just came out. So for people that are getting those, they're going back in time and playing and like, hey, I finally complete the game. This is something I think we're going to see more and more. And Clive, you brought up a very good point with that. Now, uh, again, congratulations on beating that. I instantly have an answer for both of your questions. And OMG, it's going to be like the RPG episode because both of my answers are RPG related. You guys know I have trouble investing hours and hours and hours in a game that has long story or, you know, it's, it's an RPG. I have trouble with that. I don't have the time to invest in doing that. I'm kind of a quick hit. I grew up in the arcades. I love arcade games. I love racers and shooters and action games. So I I love that. I love to just go in, spend an hour, two hours, maybe a whole evening, and then just get the fuck out of Dodge. So as as following along with an RPG story or getting attached and engrossed in that, um, I can and have done that in the past. I mean, every time I play Half-Life, you know, I shed a tear. It's just a beautiful, beautiful game, and I get attached to the story. But to answer your question, Cliva, a game that I never beat as a kid and then finally did as an adult, and I did this with Stephanie and my older brother CJ at his apartment in Oregon during the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. We were there maybe three years ago now during our trip there. The one, the only, the amazing Super Mario RPG. Yes, I know you're like, 
Oh, I hear, oh God, I felt it. I felt everyone who's listening go, oh, wow, yes. I never completed that game as a kid, even though I loved it. And honestly, it was, I don't want to say the second game because it's part of part of my thing here. But anyway, that was one of the games that really got me into RPGs on that console. And really, if I'm going to play an RPG, the Super Nintendo had so many great ones. That's my favorite console, my favorite system to play RPGs on. So that one we finally did, and I took a video of it, and it was so awesome. What a great experience. We did that together, uh, and it was brilliant. Um, the second part of your question, what is a game that I started and never have completed yet? You guys know. Now, anyone out there who was uh, following along on my uh, Twitch uh, throughout the years, we tried it. We tried it one time. We tried maybe three times. But the last time was we did try to stream this live on Twitch and say, okay, we're going to stream it live. We're going to have the community help us get through this game, and we're going to do it. And we invested maybe 20 or 25 or so hours into it. And then, again, we put we put it down, and we didn't go back to it. And now the game, the save game data, I don't know if it's on the cartridge still. I'm sure it is. But who knows? I'm talking about another great RPG, Chrono Trigger. Yes! Oh, another one. I hear the whole crowd gasp. <gasps> what? You've never beat it here. Let me just let me just sum it up. <gasps> Jason, you never beat Chrono Trigger, you fucking idiot. I know. I know. I haven't. And I've tried. I tried as a kid. I mean, when I rented Chrono Trigger, I rented it and it changed my life. I'm not lying. This is now. And I've said this before, everyone gets all like super cliched because like, oh, um, Mario RPG and Chrono Trigger and Earthbound and blah, 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 blah. like it's all trendy to be like, oh, those are the best games because they're like the most expensive. No, bullshit. I rented Chrono Trigger first. I rented it. I fell in love with it. It changed my life. I fell in love with RPGs and I went to Toys R Us and I bought it. All right. And I still have it. It's my original copy. I have it in a little protective sleeve. It's mint. It's beautiful. I love it. It changed my life. Before it was the cult classic it is today. I tried, but I got confused because I didn't understand the mechanics of an RPG. I really didn't. So I went and I find, I got to the Battle of Lavos at like fucking level 20 or something stupid. I was so low level. I started the battle. One hit, I was dead. And I'm like, how the fuck do I play this game? And so I stopped. So now we tried it a while ago. We tried to come back into it and life got in the way, work got in the way and we weren't able to, to complete it. So to this day, we still have not completed Chrono Trigger and I want to again so, so bad. And we will, we will, I have to, I have to. Cliva, thank you so much for your question and I appreciate that on the hotline. You can call guys, you wanna have a question like that answered? Hit me up, 503-908-5490 is the number. I'd be happy to take your call. It's anonymous. You just call it on your phone, uh, leave a voicemail, and then uh, that's it. It's good fun, a lot of fun. Um, some uh, random news. Happy birthday from Nintendo. I got this email back at the beginning of July, and uh, I didn't really see it until they sent me a, re like a reminder email. Like, oh, hey, by the way, Jason, uh, you know, because it's your birthday month, you can have 30% off uh, a game at our e-store. That's what it said. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Bro, I got like five games I want on my wish list in there. Let's go check it out. Well, you can't log in on the Switch. I couldn't find anywhere to log in to, for it to take effect. I couldn't find the coupon code. It wasn't attached to my account. I was like, where is this? 
come to find out, I logged into my Nintendo account on the computer. And sure enough, there was my digital coupon code. But it was, here's what it was. It was for 12 games only. They told me which games I could have. 30% off any one of these games. Three of them were Wii U digital download games. And nine of them were 3DS digital only games. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's bullshit. I mean, it kind of was bullshit. The fact is, is that I want to play a game on Switch. <laughs> I don't have the Wii U hooked up. I'm not on my 3DS. And they weren't horrible games. They weren't horrible. You know, they were some first party games. But still, like, bruh. Really? No, God, please, no, no, no. I mean, thank you, Nintendo, but... I mean, get your shit together. What the fuck is that? Yeah, let me just let me just uh, put a thirty percent off coupon on a fucking Wii U game. Come on now, bruh. Bruh. Uh, come on, Bob. What's going on, bud? Are you not happy? What's going on? Come here. You know, just lay down. We're just hanging out. I'm doing the podcast. You want to come up here? Come here. What's going on? He's just like, I'm fussy today. Just lay down, bud. Everything's cool. Yeah. There you go. What's up with Pabst Blue Ribbon? We caught wind that they were going to make coffee beer. Okay, not going to lie. There's a brewery in town here. It's a gaming bar. It's a barcade. We've been there. And they had a coffee beer, and we tried it before, and it was awesome. All right, so not going to lie. I've had... It was like an ale. Like a coffee brew ale. But uh, evidently, Pabst Blue Ribbon, which is the, as most people know, it is the the piss of the employees. No, I'm just kidding. It's, the, it's a very cheap, inexpensive uh, beer. But it's consistent. All right, right? And that's, that's what's important in beer. It's consistency. It's not, about, it's not about the quality. It's about the consistency. If it's piss, it's piss. That's what it is. They're releasing a coffee beer, and it sounds like it could potentially be gross, but you never really know. Uh, speaking of coffee, shout out to the Player One Coffee. Uh, I should send them a message. I, I should see if they want to sponsor an episode. I really should, because I'm really enjoying I'm just almost through their first batch of first-person smoother coffee, and it is amazing. I really, really like it. Maybe I'll send them a message, see if they'll respond to me. Um, anyway, um... So here's the thing. I don't really drink beer. In fact, I don't really drink a whole lot of beer in general. I maybe have like two or three maybe beers a year. Honestly, I know. I don't drink a whole lot. That and this year I found out that I am susceptible to gout. And uh, beer is not good for gout. I I know red meat isn't either and I still eat that. But whatever, fuck it. I don't drink a lot of beer. But Paps says that it's hard coffee made with a malt beverage. And the company uses malted barley. It's fermented. And the malt flavor and color is then removed, leaving a natural, neutral alcohol that Paps combined with coffee, sugar, milk, and vanilla to make hard coffee. Uh, People who have tried it, we did go look at some uh, reviews of it. People are saying it doesn't taste like beer at all. In fact, it tastes more like the Star Schmucks Frappuccino. A frappe if you will. Well, we're going to have to keep an eye out for that stores because, uh, yeah, I'd be down to try it. I can't imagine it being too expensive. Paps, other than Milwaukee's Beast, is probably the cheapest 
beer you're going to find at the uh, supermarket. It is the market of super. Super duper market. Be interesting to see. I'm down to try it. I mean, you know, why not? Evidently, McDonald's and Burger King are trolling each other in Belgium. Yes, it's really happening. McDonald's and Burger King in Belgium are putting advertisements out roasting each other. And McDonald's has fired its shot first, saying, Served by a king or served as a king? Discover our table service at McDonald's. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't really think I'd be interested to go in and get some table service at McDonald's. First of all, I want to say, and I've said this in the past, but I absolutely respect everyone who works in the restaurant industry, in the food industry, especially in fast food. You deal with people every day that are annoying and rude and disrespectful, and I, I'm never that way to anyone in that industry because I know how difficult the general public is. So mad respect to you if you're working at a fast food restaurant. I'm sending my love and support. <laughs> but McDonald's and BK going at it. This is really funny. Um, let me see if I can mirror this thing because I want to show you these pictures. It's pretty fucking funny. Let's see if I can... Uh... Here we go. I see it over there. So they... <laughs> and Burger King, this is really funny what Burger King said back. You got to see this shit. <laughs> turn this on served here's mcdonald's served by a king or served as a king okay and burger king they weren't having any of it why try to roast when you can't even flame grill bruh it's actually pretty funny because um well, at least here in the United States, what's really funny is that Burger King doesn't even flame grill their burgers anymore. Man. And that makes me sad because in, in the 80s and 90s, I would take a BK burger over any other fast food burger place, hands down. It was so good. Fuck, that's good. Um, but yeah, they, it's like, I feel like they're in the back with a little spray poopery. They're like, of like smoke, like, ch -ch -ch. we're back here flame grilling everything for you. Ch -ch -ch brains liquid smoke on everything i think that's really funny yeah they're going ham in belgium they're having at it you know i think that's kind of funny to be honest it's basically having mcdonald's and bk attack each other like that is is like the equivalent of two guys in the bathroom playing dummy sticks just in the bathrooms in the bathroom stalls just slapping their dicks together like just doesn't make any sense like just why would why why are we doing this? You know? What? Bruh. Get some help. Get some help. Stop stop it. Evidently, Snickers wants to change the date of Halloween. Interesting. Hmm. There's a petition that was created, uh, which actually directly addresses President Trump. Cites that statistics to suggest that the new date would allow for a safer, longer holiday. Halloween. Uh, just so everyone knows, is actually not a federal holiday. So this petition is uh, was created, and uh, there's a group that created it. Who is the name of the group? Uh, the Costume Association. 
The group claims there are 3,800 Halloween-related injuries each year, and 82% of parents don't use high-visibility aids on their costumes, such as reflective tape, glow sticks. Most children don't carry flashlights when they're out on Halloween night in the group warns, while 65% don't discuss Halloween safety with their children. They're wanting to make a change of this. Um, I'm not going to dispute the fact that they're trying to make things safer and better for our children. But uh, I, I believe uh, 4th of July has you beat there. When uh, people literally create bombs and blow shit up all day long. And all week long. Holy fuck. I feel like this week I was hearing bombs blowing up, fireworks going off the whole fucking week after. Man, it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, so they're trying to help out. Well, Snickers is getting involved and saying, hey... We're down for that. We'll, we'll uh, promote your petition, petition, which they did. And um, what they want is they want to make it the last Saturday in October instead of just being the 31st. They want it whatever the last Saturday is in October every year from infinity that it will be on that day. That's what they're wanting. So with that, it will be an all-day event. Now, I'm not sure I want trick-or-treaters coming to my door all day long on Saturday. I mean, fuck, I only have so much candy, folks. I only have so much candy. I mean, stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. But uh, as of Tuesday morning, the appeal has gained over 111,000 signatures of a current 150,000 signature goal. Yeah, they are absolutely going to get that. Snickers are going to give away 1 million candy bars if the date is changed. So... Basically, what has to happen is that uh, the government here in the United States has to make this a federal holiday and state it and make it official, which I swear, I feel like if you're going to do that, it's going to take years in Congress and then vote and like, yeah, okay, 2025, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but give me a goddamn Snickers. Get, get, stop it. Get, get some help. Stop some help. I would love the Snickers. You know, when you order food from Grubhub or Uber Eats, when you do that, you need to understand something. That that delivery driver is hungry. It's way, way hungry. One in four delivery drivers do snag food out of your bag before they give it to you. Yes, yes, yes. A survey conducted by U.S. Foods, which supplies food to restaurants has gathered information from about 500 food delivery drivers and more than 1,500 customers in America who order food through the app, such as DoorDash, Postmates, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. Of the drivers surveyed, 54% admitted to being tempted by the smell of customers' food, and about half of those people actually took a bite. Uh, we have seen this shit before, folks. Remember that uh, video that came out like last year sometime where that dude was uh, delivering food and that ring doorbell was there and he was a numb nuts and didn't realize it was recording. And right before they opened the door, he was like, do, 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 and took a big old fucking swig of his milkshake. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that happened. But uh, I feel like I feel like this is inaccurate. And I'm let me tell you why. Of the drivers surveyed, 54% admitted to being tempted by the smell of a customer's food. They were tempted. 54% were tempted. And then about half. So let's just call it, let's call it 50%. Let's round down. So 25% did. Okay. 
Here's the problem. They're lying. They're straight up lying because every time I drive by a fast food place or if I'm on my way home or I don't give a shit wherever I am, if I'm driving by, I go by the strip mall. They have all the, you know what I'm talking about. They have all the restaurants there. And when you drive by, you have your windows down and you smell fucking Red Robin and all these restaurants, all these fast food, all that fake smoke coming from BK over there. I'm like, God damn, I'm hungry. Like, I want to just be like, just pull in and get food all the time. I am I am 100% tempted to eat food when I smell it 100% of the time. I think they're full of shit. So what they're saying is about 50% of the people they surveyed who deliver food say, yeah, I was tempted to eat it. And the other half say, no, I was not tempted to eat it. You can't tell me. Now, unless you do not eat fast food, which if you do, God bless you. I wish I was more like you. I need to be more like you. I need to stop eating that shit. But if if you do not eat fast food, then this, this would apply to you. But if you do eat fast food, there's no fucking way you're going to go to McDonald's or Wendy's or Chick-fil-A, Raisin Cane's or any of these places and get food and it gets in your car and you're not... Mm, I'm kind of tempted to eat it. I want to fry. Fuck that. You're lying. You want to eat it. We all know you do. Don't fucking bullshit. Of course, because it smells so good. And what's a fry? What's a little itty bitty fried? Little... Is it dig to that bag? He won't know. He won't know. Will he know? No, you can't tell. You can't tell. He's not counting. He doesn't know how many fries are in this bag. You can't tell. So don't fucking lie and say you're not tempted. Of course you're tempted. I think 100% of the people... Or maybe 90% if you don't eat fast food. 90% of the people are tempted. They are tempted. I know they are. And here's the thing. Here, here let me let me, uh, let me just uh, you know crack the whip a little bit more on this. How about Thanksgiving night? When I'm done eating Thanksgiving dinner and I'm full and I fat-ass the whole fucking plate. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so full. Well, what do I do? We go on a walk. We go on a little walk. Try to work off a little bit of that turkey, a little bit of that, you know. That gravy and that mm, mashed potatoes and them fucking rolls had five of them. You know, I'm just working that shit off. What happens? Oh, yeah. I'm fucking walking the neighborhood, bro. I'm walking the fucking neighborhood. And what do I do? I'm smelling everyone else's Thanksgiving dinner. And what do I want to do? I want to fucking eat all of it. Why? Because it smells amazing. I am 100% tempted. But don't bullshit me and say you're not. I think that's horse shit. They're lying. Folks, moral of the story. If you're going to order from Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, any of these places, if you're going to order from any of these and they're going to drive it to you, just fucking, just honestly, a handful of fries. Okay, those are the ones that got away. Just expect a handful of fries to be gone. That's just reality of it. Now, they take a bite of your burger or other bullshit. Now, that's terms for, you know, getting their ass kicked in the parking lot. But if they're eating a fry or two, what's it hurt? What's it hurt? It doesn't. And then you don't even know about it. You, you really won't know about it. I've never delivered any of this food. But honestly, if I was in the car driving, this is probably why I shouldn't be driving. But my customers would get empty bags. They just get empty bags. Nothing left of it. Uh, so, sorry, sir. Just It was a long road trip and got here and the fucking fries. They jumped out the bag right into my mouth. God, Sorry. Hey, you guys ready for this week in gaming history? Yeah. This is the segment where I talk about games that came out this week that the podcast is live. August 4th, 
1992, Splatterhouse on Genesis in Japan was released. Great game. In 2015, Rare Replay on Xbox One was released. Rare Replay. That was the game that made me want to buy an Xbox One. <laughs> Straight up. I was like, I want to buy an Xbox One just for that game. Has all the classic Rare games. Very cool. Next day, August 5th in 1995. What an amazing year. Round of applause for Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's <laughs> Island on Super Nintendo. In Japan, of course, one of the greatest, easily my top five. This is a tough console. I have so many great favorite games for this console, but I'd have to say that was that's probably my top five for sure. 1998, Resident Evil Dual Shock Edition on PS1 in Japan. Yeah, I remember on the PS1 when they started releasing the uh, analog DualShock controllers, uh, they would uh, go back and kind of make games that would support that. And uh, it changes the game completely, especially for a game like Resident Evil where it's you can, you know, kind of creep and walk around and, you know, you can walk or run or whatever and control that. Yeah, it was a game changer for that. 1999 Soul Calibur on the Sega Dreamcast in Japan. Little Dreamcast, little DC action, baby. In 2003, Splashdown, Rides Gone Wild. Rides Gone Wild on PS2 in 2003. Now, this is a game that uh, if you like Wave Race, you're going to want to get this game. It is a ton of fun, very arcadey. And I know what you're thinking. It's not Wave Race, I know. But you know what? It's still really, really good. But you got to be careful. There's another game called Splashdown. It's just called Splashdown. Do not buy that. It's fucking terrible. You want Splashdown Rides Gone Wild. In fact, I talked about this a long time ago with uh, Metal Jesus. We, we, we rant and rave about this game. It's really, really fantastic. Long time ago. Uh, 2009, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in Time reshelled on Xbox 360 Arcade. Do you remember this when it came out? What a fucking massive disaster. Man, I feel so bad for... Ugh, it's tough when you have to try to recreate a game and you can't really use a lot of the assets. And it's kind of like the uh, the Ninja Turtles were kind of that cartoony, like that new style. Do you remember that that look? You know what I'm talking about. It's not, not good. And honestly, this game, it didn't play right. The movement was off. The hit detection was off. The physics, you didn't feel like you were actually doing any damage. I think... The original had such great sound design that the impacts felt strong. It felt like it had weight. I know it's weird, but it felt like it had weight to it. And this one just lost all that. And unfortunately, they had to redo all the music, and it's not the original. And we're way too nostalgic for that, folks. Way too nostalgic. It just wasn't great. And I honestly, I feel for the for the team who had to recreate this and do this. As somebody who does produce music for video games and you know, currently doing that, I feel bad. Imagine, like, I put myself in the shoes. Like, what if I got tasked? Like, hey, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time HD remake. You're going to do the music for it. Like, whoa, like, what a gig. I'm not going to turn it down. But, bro, like, can you imagine? And then them saying, but you can't use any of the original music. Oh, fuck. That's a, that's a dagger to the heart. That's rough. Didn't, didn't turn out very well for him. August 6th in 1986, Metroid on Famicom Disc System. Good old Metroid. 1993, Secret of Mana on Super Nintendo in Japan. 1998, Bomberman Fantasy Race PS1 on Japan. I put this one on here because... What? What is that, Jason? 
Maybe I ought to inspect it a little closer with my fucking monocle. A Bomberman game? A fantasy race? Is it a porno? What is this fantasy race? It's a racing game with Bomberman and friends. And basically, I feel uh, they're probably called something. I don't know the name of them, but it's like you're basically riding a chocobo. <laughs> is what it is. I'll just call it a chocobo. And yeah, you can like drift corners and you can use boost and you can jump and you can throw bombs ahead of you or behind you. Like, dude, it's amazing. I have a, um, I have a imported a, a Japanese PS2 and uh, I've played it on that and it's a lot of fun, honestly. If you ever get the chance to play it, you really, really should. It's good stuff. OMG, Becky, in 1999, Neo Geo Pocket Color handheld was released. Yeah, give it up for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. It's in my pocket, in its nail color. Excellent, excellent handheld. 1999, Street Fighter Alpha 3 on the Sega Saturn in Japan. Great fighting game. August 7th, let's move on to the next day, huh? 1987, Rad Racer on NES Japan. Yes. Developed by Squaresoft. Oh, shout out. 2007, Mega Man Star Force. There were three games that came out in this day. Dragon, Leo, and Pegasus all on the DS on that day. August 7th. I haven't played any of those before, but pretty interesting to see. Oh, there's a new Fire Emblem that's just recently been released. So how about this one? Let's go back in time to 11 years ago. 2008, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon on DS in Japan was released. How about that? Moving on to the next day. Three days left. August 8th, 1990, Street Fighter 2010, the final fight on NES in Japan. In 2010... Will we even be alive? It's so far in the future. Will we make it through? I know for sure we'll have flying cars by then. We must. We don't have flying cars yet. We just barely have electric powered cars. So, ha. <laughs> yeah, think about that. In 2000, my game of the year. <laughs> Play with Teletubbies. On PS1. Now, what the fuck? What? what, what? Bruh. Uh, didn't know this game existed, so I uh, put it on the list because, uh, mental note, I want it. <laughs> 2000, play with Teletubbies. What the fuck? Anyone play that game? Ah, that's crazy. 2003, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles on PS2 in Japan was released. 2006, Dead Rising on 360. We got some uh, Xbox 360 love going on in the chat. How about that? Oh, 2006, Dwarf Fortress on PC. What the fuck is this game? Have any of you heard of Dwarf Fortress on PC? Please let me know. I honestly want to see if it's on like Abandonware or Shovelware somewhere and, and play it. I want to play this game. It sounds amazing. Dwarf Fortress. Uh, yeah, did you guys hear about the dwarf that got kicked out of the nudist colony? Oh, you didn't? Oh, man. Yeah, it was a big deal. Evidently, he had his nose in everyone's business. Oh! Get some help. What? What's wrong with you? <laughs> 
2013 Papers, Please on PC. This is a really cool game. I love, I used to watch Steph play this and I really loved it. It was fun. You basically have to like authenticate information on passports and documents and then like let them through, I guess. I don't know if it's not like a, it's like an airport or a border or, or a crossing, I, some, something. And um, if you, if you do it wrong, like disasters happen or terrorist attacks or something crazy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really cool to watch. Very cool game. Uh, 2014 Five Nights at Freddy's on PC. Uh, we didn't know that a few years after that, there'd be uh, toys and merch just littered all over Target and Walmart. It's everywhere. Where's the boy? August 9th, 1990, Super Monaco GP on the Genesis in Japan. What a great game. Great racing game. Some of that Sega love. 1991, Castlevania 2 on Game Boy. Hello, Simon Belmont. I'm looking for a little Simon Belmont. Is he available? Maybe I have to look closer with my monocle. <laughs> 1996, Harvest Moon on Super Nintendo in Japan was released. Please come harvest my moon. It's ready. <laughs> Both of them. In 2000, Seaman on Dreamcast. I mean, I, what do I? What, what should I say with? That? I mean, I, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing for this. I mean, everyone has probably played around a round or two with Seaman, right? I mean, everyone's probably jumped in and taken a swim with Seaman, right? <laughs> right? No. Okay. Oh, relax. It's Seaman on Dreamcast. The talking fish. What the fuck? They were on drugs when they made that game. I'll have what he's having. <laughs> 2018 Okami HD on Nintendo Switch. My dad taught me a game. It's called Switch. The premise of the game is you take one finger, put it in your mouth. And the other one goes in your doo-doo hole. <laughs> August 10th in 1990, Journey to Silas on NES in Japan. Shout out to Nargrill, my friend and longtime Patreon supporter, George, Mr. Narkill. A long time ago, he sent me a message. It's like, hey, Jay, you're doing drum covers. You need to do Journey to Silas. Check it out. And I did and fell in love with the soundtrack and ended up doing, I believe it was the main theme. Or was it the first level? Which one was it, George? I think it's the main theme. What an amazing soundtrack. Great game, too. Uh, my, it's on my website. Go to my website, heinyhouse.com, and then click on the music tab and scroll down to the uh, video game drum covers. That's volume one or volume two. They're both in there. It's in there. You know, just download them all. You'll love them. It's fun. Um, 1994, Breath of Fire on Super Nintendo was released in Japan. Mentos, the fresh maker. Someone needs a Mentos. 1995 Ninja Gaiden Trilogy on Super Nintendo. This is a great game, but I will say, and I don't know, is it just me? It's not just me. It can't be just me. I like this game, but it's kind of not amazing. Uh, sorry, I, I'm not trying to be like, you know, the Debbie Downer here, but I don't really like the 16-bit remakes of it. It's something about the NES 8-bit that was just so, it just worked great. I don't know. I don't know. 
Maybe I just need to play it more. Was it just me? I don't know. I didn't. I thought it was weird. It's probably just me. In 2004, we had the classic NES series. Uh, remember these? They came out for Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. Castlevania, Metroid, and Zelda 2 all were released on the same day, August 10th in 2004, for Game Boy Advance in Japan. That's another great nod that Nintendo did back in the day. You know, they put their their games out there like that. It was pretty fantastic. The classics. And 2010, rounding out this week in gaming history, in 2010, Scott Pilgrim versus the motherfucking world. Yeah, this week in gaming history. Nice. All right, let's move on. We got some gaming news to talk about here. Uh, what have I been playing? How about Rise, Race the Future? I recently picked this up. It's been a little while. It's been on my hit list for a while, but it, I think it went on sale. Or what was Yeah, it went on sale, so I picked it up. What a great, great game. Arcade Racer. And we don't have a whole lot of great racing games on Switch. Okay, I know we have Mario Kart. But we've had Mario Kart, bruh. Bruh. So relax. So, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It reminds me a lot of, like, Daytona 2 and Scud Race. It's very beautiful, uh, very lively. Now, it doesn't have, like, crazy fast action racing. It's more kind of slow and controlled. And there's definitely a lot of weight to the vehicles. The vehicles feel heavy. The handling feels heavy. And it's kind of drifty in a way. So you have to make sure you're looking at your corners and preparing for your corners and uh, it definitely takes me getting used to. I, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of it. I like it, and I can overcome it. But, um, yeah, yeah, really cool game. I, I really liked it. Now, it doesn't have online multiplayer, unfortunately. Maybe something they'll add down the road. I don't know. But it doesn't have that right now. So it's kind of a single-player experience. Um, it runs 30 frames on the Switch. Yeah, you know, don't mess with my frame rate, bro. So I'm actually interested to buy it on PC to see how it how it looks in 60 and also if there's any enhanced visuals stuff like that but uh it, honestly it's it's stellar on on the switch and i really really like it so very happy with the purchase there um yeah so if you guys have it too or are you you've played it or you get it let me know it's a lot of fun another game uh, i picked up on switch last week i got doom i think a lot of people got doom because doom is on there doom 2 is on there doom 3 is on there it's uh, pretty awesome that they're releasing these now, big reason why I wanted to get Doom is because I wanted to play it co-op with Steph. And that's that's what we we started to do. I think we've we got through five levels so far. Yeah. And honestly, oh, my homie John, Mr. Choncho, he's got this huge, massive fucking like 85-inch, 87-inch, whatever it is, TV on his wall. It's massive. I would love to play this on his TV because... You kind of need a massive-ass TV to play this co-op because the screens are so small. It puts, you know, the the two um, screens to, next to each other, and then there's, like, a border on the top and bottom. And honestly, there's only so much they can do, right? You can't, can't really make them both full screen. They don't fit within that window. But on a bigger TV, it would... Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely want to... Uh, play it on a uh, bigger TV. But it's a lot of fun. Except for the fact when I turned it on for the first time and had to log into fucking Bnet... I look at stuff, I go, what the fuck is this? B-Net? I go, what is that? Battle-Net? Bethesda-Net? Butt-Net? Butt-Fuck-Net? What net is this? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. So, I couldn't remember my login. I don't log into fucking Bethesda-Net, or whatever it's called. So, she she remembered hers and logged in with hers. 
so we were able to play. But that's bullshit that you have to log in just to play the game. Hello, McFly, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. So, uh, yeah, and it's funny. I went to Twitter that day, and they were getting fucking slandered over this. And they did make a post like, we're patching it out. We're releasing a patch. Calm down. We're so sorry. It's like, dude, bruh. Bruh. Have you not? Did you not think that that was going to be a problem? Fucking massive problem. It actually stopped a lot of people from playing at day one. That's ridiculous. Um, will there be a day? That's the question. Will there be a day when I stop reporting on Joy-Con drift issues and the answer is i think so <laughs> hopefully um my big point last episode was nintendo needs to make this shit right that was my number one thing i said nintendo needs to make it right and charging customers to ship it in and then ship it back and doing all this bullshit and kind of where's your proof of purchase all this crap giving them the runaround and then some employees would take care of them some wouldn't we had a huge disconnect and honestly that's not Nintendo has never been that way. I mean, I can tell you great stories of like my Nintendo Wii broke, my Wii Sports disc uh, broke. I can tell you stories, and we can talk about it sometime. And Nintendo has done right with me. They have fixed things. So when I hear all this, I'm like, what? This is crazy. Well, there's another update here. There's a new update of some stuff that they've uh, started to do now. This is great. They've updated their customer support site to include a link that will start a ticket to get your Joy-Cons repaired. Okay, well, that's great. Thank you. Next bit of business. Nintendo says customers are not required to provide proof of purchase and support representatives don't have to check if the product is under warranty. Customers may also request a refund if they paid to have it repaired earlier. Round of applause. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's just doing right. Now, that is good, Nintendo. Really, really appreciate that. We, as gamers and a community, and also as customers, we appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, you know, sending your Joy-Con in to get it fixed, you know, it may fix the issue. It should fix the issue. Uh, reality is, is that the problem is much bigger than Nintendo. Well, no, I don't want to say that. It's not bigger than they think. They know they have a huge fucking problem on their hands. They have a design flaw. All right, and that happens. It's like Apple with their new MacBooks. It's a design. They got design flaws on the keyboards. They're terrible. Everyone hates them. They're breaking. Monitors are fucking breaking. It's like same thing. Hey, they have an issue with their Joy Cons. They are currently mark my words. They are currently redesigning them right now. They've been. They know it's a problem. So um, it's just nice that they offer this service for customers and that they'll take care of it. And even when they did wrong earlier by charging you for it, they're giving you your money back. That's pretty good. Again, round of applause for Nintendo. That is good customer service. I have a couple more news bits about Nintendo, actually. This is really just an FYI. And this was last week, I know. Again, la you know, I skipped last week, so this is kind of like, you know, old news. But the Nintendo Switch Lite is now available for pre-order. I think everyone already knows this, but Amazon, Worst Buy, uh, Wally World, Target, and GameSlop all will take your pre-order on the Nintendo Switch Lite. If you want it, uh, Kotaku uh, reported a Disney-themed Nintendo Switch coming out. It's exclusive to Japan, and um, it's based on the game. What is it? It's T S U M, and it's, it's Japanese. So, what is it? Is it Zoom Zoom or Zoom Zoom? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'm definitely going to butcher that. Um, if you speak Japanese, you can let me know what the correct pronunciation of that. 
Uh, but it's the Zoom Zoom Festival. In addition to a Zoom Zoom themed dock, there will also be a Zoom Zoom Joy-Con uh, with Mickey Mouse ears popping out of the home button. I do have a picture of this. I would love to show it to you. Look at that. Isn't that cute? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Oh, look at that. Not going to lie. I do like that. I think it, I love the colors too. I love the uh, the purple and a pink Joy-Cons. It looks nice. I know it's all cosmetic and marketing, but I like it. I think it's cool. It's pretty nice. <sighs> what is Amazon doing? Oh, we actually do, do have some uh, Amazon news here. They are retiring Prime Video from Wii U. What? Eurogamer reported this. Um... Are you still using your Wii U for Prime Video? What the fuck is What's wrong with you? Wrong with you? Bruh, 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 bruh. What? Stop it! Get some help! Stop it! Get Stop some it. help! Uh, as of the 26th of September, the Wii U will no longer be able to access Amazon Prime Video from the console. Yes, dun 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 dun. Amazon sent an email out, and uh, we are continually upgrading our service, and this occasionally means. We can no longer support certain device models. The email goes on to say, to help you continue streaming your favorite content, we're offering you $25 towards a select Fire TV devices, which will allow you to continue to stream your favorite prime videos. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll read the rest of this in hillbilly voice. Do you guys like it? I think I like hillbilly. We could also do Mr. Monocle. I'll do, I'll do the first part hillbilly. And this the last part, Mr. Monocle. All right, so let me start over on that. We are continually upgrading our service, and this occasionally means we can no longer support certain device models. The email, email states, to help you continue streaming your favorite content, we're offering you a $25 credit towards a Fire Stick TV device, which will allow you to continue to stream your favorite Amazon Prime video. So I decided to go take a look because I was like, well, how fucking expensive are these fire sticks? We have a fire stick and a fire square. <laughs> what is it called? It's fire TV. It's a little, it's an old ass. It's like four or five years old. It's old. It takes forever to boot. It's fucking terrible. But anyway, it, it works. We don't need to buy a new one. It works. So I went to look. The cheapest one they make is a little Fire Stick US. No, not USB. It's like an HDMI dongle. Goes into your HDMI TV. Uh, it's, it's fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. So they're giving you basically half off of that. So they're giving you twenty five bucks, but you have to spend twenty five bucks to get it, and you're not able to use it on your Wii U. But uh, so basically, Amazon's fucking you in the ass. Okay, let me just get that straight. So let me paraphrase the email for you in Mr. Monocle, Mr. Monocle voice, because maybe I want to inspect the Amazon video with my monocle to help us generate money while moving on from this dead ass platform. We at Amazon would like you to pay us while we fuck you. Thank you. And let me inspect it a little closer with my monocle. Come on, bruh. bruh. Get real. Origin Computers. Not to be confused with 
shitty ass EA's origin service. This is origin computers. They created a four system, one case. No, this is not the sequel to two girls, one cup. This is computer lingo, baby. Origin computers celebrating their 10th year anniversary. Congratulations to them. Yeah, they're great. They're great PC builders. They build custom PCs. So check out their site. I'm not sure what it is. Origin PC, I think. Um, they decided to go big and above and beyond this year, and they created something custom. They created a custom PC that has an Xbox One X, a PlayStation 4 Pro, a Nintendo Switch, and a fully built powerhouse PC all in one case, all functioning digital. What? According to Origin, doing so was a major undertaking. Yeah, I bet. Extensive chassis modification, custom cooling systems, and dozen of concept designs. But we did it. And they even managed to squeeze in Ethernet switch, individual USB 3.0 ports for all the consoles, and two terabyte SSD drives for all the consoles so that they have fast storage and faster load times and games launch quickly. It's all digital, remember. Sadly, it's not available to buy. It never could be. This is all proprietary shit here. Uh, I have just a little loadout. Uh, you probably can't really see it. Uh, I don't need to read the stats on the Xbox One or PlayStation or Switch. You guys all know that. But the PC stuff, it's a custom origin PC. Uh, Genesis, RGB lighting, yada, yada, yada. Tempered glass, yada, yada, yada. Mounting stand, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Motherboard, now where's, where's the juicy details? Give me the meat and potatoes. MSI MEG Z3, uh, what is it? Z390 Godlike Edition is a motherboard. Uh, the CPU is Intel Core i9 9900K. Uh, that's a nine core. It's nice. Uh, that's uh, GPU is NVIDIA Titan RTX 64 gigs, a Corsair Dominator RAM. Um, it's got a bunch of SSD. It's got 14 terabytes of spinning drive storage. Holy shit. Seagate Barracudas. Barracuda. Holy shit. Custom cooling, cryogenic, hardline liquid cooling, Corsair RGB fans, 1,000 watt power supply, uh, Supernova G3 uh, is the power supply, and Elgato Game Capture 4K 60 Pro, Windows 10, yada, yada, yada. This It blows me away, actually, looking at the power supply. They did this with a fucking one kilowatt power supply 1000 watts that blows me away because like you know what the difference is between today building a pc and 10 years ago is like if you're gonna build a fucking monster pc you're gonna need like you're gonna need a thousand watts right like usually like i wouldn't go anywhere below that because you want to expand and sometimes the hardware takes more right if you want to run dual sli you know gpus or you want to do all this other shit so you want to have that ability you need to be overpowered instead of underpowered on PC world. But what's crazy is the technology has come so far now and these these bits of hardware are so resourceful. They don't take up a lot of energy. I can't believe it. Three consoles and a monster PC on a thousand, thousand watts. That blows me away. I have some, also have some cool pictures of it here. Look at this. Is that not the most amazing thing you've ever seen? That is gorgeous. I love the lighting. I love everything with it. It's just so clean. It's sexy. It's a nice looking PC. And I love the liquid cooling. Look at the liquid cooling in there. The Xbox One is green. PlayStation is blue. 
Oh, it's so nice. What else we got here? There's the other side with the switch. Everything's red. Is that nice? That's put a smile on my face. Isn't that beautiful? Damn, that's nice. Hey, kudos. Congrats to uh, Origin PC. You guys are fucking killing it. Super nice. Microsoft gets rid of Cortana from Xbox One. <laughs> oh, don't be fucking sad. You never use Cortana on your Xbox. Don't be stupid. You didn't do that. The Verge reported this. In an attempt to make dashboard more streamlined, i.e. less fucking laggy, less laggy, they got rid of Cortana from the Xbox One. Microsoft says it's moving to cloud-based assistance, meaning you can no longer talk to Cortana via your headset. You'll still be able to power on the Xbox One through the Xbox skill for Cortana on iOS and Android or Windows. So you'll be able to control it through those, the app and the PC, but you can't talk to anyone. And some people that might mean they don't have any more friends. No, I'm sorry, that was mean. You know, the thing is, though, it's annoying as fuck. You know what's annoying? No, let me tell you what's annoying. Loading up a console and having it fucking lag like molasses in the fucking dashboard. I'm looking at all of you. I'm looking at you, Sony. I'm looking at you, Microsoft. Why is the PlayStation 4 dashboard so fucking laggy? Somebody answer that for me. It's terrible. Isn't it? And they're like, well, Jason, if you get it on the PS4 Pro, it's a lot better. Oh, that's great, but I shouldn't have to buy that console for it to not be laggy. Shouldn't have to. So, hey, at least they're making attempts to uh, get that under control and hopefully cut down on the lag that's there. They are redesigning it. So, they're, uh, they're says they're moving on to cloud-based assistance. That's kind of interesting. Okay, that could be cool. I think it'd be cool. Uh, the new design for the dashboard includes quicker access to Xbox Game Pass titles, Mixer service, Xbox community, and the Microsoft Store. They removed the twist from the top of the home screen for separate buttons, which make it easier to access frequently played games. Microsoft currently is testing this new home screen with Xbox Insiders in an alpha right now. And Cortana is not going away entirely, of course. Microsoft plans to instead use her for more business-like things. Or to continue to annoy me on Windows 10. It's going to happen. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And you know what? I love Jen Taylor. She's just the voice of Cortana. And she's the voice of Princess Peach. And a bunch of, bunch of game characters. She's an amazing person. I just don't like what Microsoft did with the service. I just think it's annoying. But Jen Taylor, you are amazing. And I love you. Hey, that's it for gaming news. You want to hear some more tech news? Hey, hey. <laughs> It's pretty much every sound. Every sound I could I could press there in between there. Some tech news for you. Sony is creating a wearable AC unit. What? Bruh. It's a real thing. Sony currently is crowdfunding a portable wearable air conditioner slash heater called the Rion Pocket. It's a Bluetooth device about half the size of a wallet. It actually looks exactly like a uh, Apple magic mouse and what it does is it slips into a special undershirt with a pocket at the base of your neck and then connects to an app where you then control it it goes right just right below like basically where your tag is on your shirt 
right there. There's a pocket there. You, you slide it in, and then you can control it. You can get yourself some AC, get yourself some heat. You slip it in a special undershirt. Ooh, you have to buy the shirt from him. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. When your shirt's going to be expensive, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and then you connect it with an app, and then you can enjoy cool air or heat. Some of these product side notes that it's constructed, it's conducted hundreds of simulations. And on hot days, the Rion pocket can supposedly cool a user's body by 23 degrees. That's 13 degrees Celsius. And on cold days, it can raise your temperature by 14 degrees Fahrenheit or 8 degrees Celsius. Holy shit, that's a lot. I always run hot. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I mean, you know I'm hot. But I would absolutely buy one of these for summertime. If it can really cool you down by 23 degrees, holy shit, that's like, that's the difference between like me sweating my ass off and being able to run a fucking marathon. Come on, Sony, keep me cool, Sony. Please, Sony. Sony, I have swamp ass. Sony, I have swamp ass. Help me, Sony. Sony, I have swamp ass. Right now, it looks like it's available in Japan only. No, Sony, bring it to the States. Bring it to the world. Bring it to Europe. Bring it everywhere. Bring it to Asia. Sony, I have swamp ass. I want to sit on it. Sony, I want to sit on it. My butt smells, Sony. Help me. Uh, prices range from $117 to $175, depending on the version. I don't want it, Sony. Keep it. Get it away from me, Sony. My butt smells. I like it. Leave me alone now, Sony. No, I would absolutely buy one of those fucking things. I would buy two, and I would sit on one and put one. I put one in my shorts, and I put one on my back. <laughs> yes! God, I would love it. Amazon is delivering packages in the trunk of your car now. Yes, and we talked about this not too long ago, maybe three or four months ago. We talked about this. They are bringing this out live. Now, in 2018, Amazon launched it in in-car delivery service for GM and Volvo owners. And eventually, then they offered it to Ford and Lincoln. Ford owns Lincoln, same thing. Now, the e-commerce giant is giving Honda select models access to key by Amazon in-car delivery. It's called key. Now, you can have your package dropped off right inside your car wherever you have parked. It's one way to take care of those fucking porch pirates. You fuckers. Now, only select Honda models are eligible. The Accord, Accord Hybrid, Insight, Passport, Pilot, and Odyssey. And you'll have to be have to be a Prime member. And only in select cities now. But uh, you'll see in-car delivery as an option after downloading the Key app by Amazon. Logging in using your Amazon account. And then you key in all your vehicle's information, giving it your Honda Link credentials. Just a lot of authentication that goes on, which is good, as it should. And uh, if you do get the car delivery service, you'll need to park within two blocks of your delivery address. You know, because GPS is a little wonky. 
So at least you'll be within two blocks. That's a pretty pretty big gap, to be honest. So you should be all right. And it has to be between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., so kind of a narrow window. And delivery driver will then locate your vehicle using his GPS location. Unlock, deliver, relock, all without your interaction. Just make sure they don't deliver food and sit down and have a bite of your fries. <laughs> no, God, please, no, no, no. While the Honda Link app itself is free, the remote service package will set you back 110 bucks a year for a three-month trial. Key by Amazon is currently free, minus the Prime membership. All right? This is going to be the way of the world, folks. We're going to have things delivered to our car. And honestly, I think that's kind of cool. I mean, I almost would want to see my car, though, like watch him do it. <laughs> At that point, just bring it into me. Just I can see you just bring me the package. But uh, no, it's pretty cool if you need something like that day and Amazon is really working hard to do same day delivery. It could be cool. It could be cool. You order something, it shows up, puts it in your car. Maybe you need it at work. Maybe you need it that night. You don't want to wait. Maybe you're not home. Maybe you got porch pirates. You got fucking assholes stealing your shit. I mean, you know, they're trying to combat that. They're trying to help. I think it's uh, I think it's good. I wouldn't pay 110 bucks a year for it, I'll tell you that. But uh, still pretty cool. Speaking of Honda... Recently, we saw a prototype vehicle, Honda E, and uh, they have a, a touchscreen dashboard. Now, this isn't anything new. I mean, Tesla's got touchscreen dashboards and Ford. I mean, everyone has them pretty much at this point. If you buy a, a new car today, they all have touchscreen. But this is basically an entire dashboard that is just touchscreen. Well, it looks amazing. Comprised of five high-def color displays, two six-inch screens on the edges, and it shows feeds from the exterior camera mirrors, 8.8-inch TFT screen in front for the driver shows all the digital instrument cluster, uh, you know, speed, RPMs, all that good stuff. The two 12.3-inch LCD screens in the middle are the infotainment center. That's where all that happens. Uh, looks like anyone can work a smartphone would be able to work this in the Honda E. This looks amazing. Uh, also, they briefly showed a personal Honda assistant saying, okay, Honda. Calls the assistant's attention and then understands natural speech, has speech recognition, requesting changes to cabin, uh, air temperature, online services, all sorts of stuff. This sounds great. Now, I'm a big Honda person. I think a lot of you know that. I'm a Honda guy. So this is really exciting for me. I'm excited to see where this is going. Um. Honda is taking reservations for priority ordering in the UK, Germany, France, and Norway for the vehicle. Yeah, I definitely want the vehicle. I want it. Bring it here. I got a couple of screenshots you can see for the uh, dash. Doesn't look nice. It's basically like this fucking... You remember the old Preludes? Any Honda heads out there? Do I have any Honda lovers listening? Honda Acura lovers? You remember the old Preludes? How they had uh, the long dash all the way across and it was all fucking LCD? Mm, this kind of reminds me of zoom in on this look at that yeah i absolutely want that looks great you can move those little boxes around and apps around yeah that's fucking legit look at that oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah daddy wants daddy like daddy see very nice oh yeah i'm the best Speaking of Amazon, what? A 22-year-old in Spain scammed them out of $370,000. Fucking round of applause, bro. 
Why are you so smart, bro? 22-year-old guy bought items, had them delivered. He lives in Spain, received the items, weighed the package, took note of the weight, took the item out of the box, then filled the box back up with the exact amount and weight of dirt, taped it up, claimed a refund, sent the shit back, got the refund, then sold the item for money. So on top of his refund, he sells the product for 100% profit. Wow. I mean, there's no, I mean, how long do you think you can go on by doing that? Well, quite a while. $370,000 worth. Holy shit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of smart. But, I mean, you can't sustain that. You're going to get caught at some point. He's getting too greedy. Um, evidently, Amazon just, you know, when you do a refund, a return, the box goes to a different department or different area. It just sits there. So they weren't really checking them. And then during an audit, they were looking at it, opened up a box, it's full of dirt. They're like, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. What's wrong with you? And uh, yeah, he got caught. So he has some questions to answer at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, that's a dirty, dirty dick right there. But props to him. That's kind of funny. I mean, not that I condone you know swindling anyone out of money please don't but i mean that's fucking crazy 22 year old wow <laughs> uh speaking of uh bullshit and swindling e3 expo you guys heard about this i'm sure they leak per they accidentally leaked personal info over 2000 journalist sensitive data what it was a fucking link on their website you could click it and it would pull up a spreadsheet of over 2000 people addresses names phone numbers all the info for some of these journalists now most people have a business and a business address so whatever it's like oh i'm from ign ign is here but a lot of people they may have a business but they also run the business out of their home like me i run my business Heine house entertainment i run it right out here out of my house i don't have a storefront I run it here. So when I would register, I would register, be my home address. So, or like freelancers, you know, anyone who's freelancing or has an independent business, something, they would register that at home and use their own fucking cell phone, their home phone number. They don't have a business phone. So this is where it becomes a problem. That that data has been breached. Well, actually, no, it's not even breached. There wasn't, dude, I usually want to talk about like breach of the week of fucking hackers getting in there. This isn't even a hack. This is just a fucking leak. Freak a lake. It's a freak a lake. It's fucking crazy, right? Man. Spreadsheet containing over 2,000 game journalists, editors, and other content creators was recently found and was published publicly accessible on the E3's website. E3 was made aware of the website vulnerability that led to the contact list of registered journalists attending E3 being made public. E3 wrote, and let me just get into my fucking hillbilly voice. Once notified, we immediately took steps to protect the data and shut down the site, which no is uh, which is no longer available. We regret this occurrence and have measures in place to ensure it will not occur again. Bullshit. 
It's already out there. You're fucked. You can't do anything about it. And I feel bad. I feel bad for everyone who has their fucking data. Basically, again, I'm going to reiterate and say again, I think I say this every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are on the internet right now, if you are listening to this podcast right now on whatever platform you're on, just understand that your data currently is being breached by somebody. And your personal data is being compromised. And just be sure to change your passwords and be vigilant online. Because your shit is everywhere. (laughs) Sucks. And that's what we have for tech news. How about that? I'm rolling, picking them up, laying them down. Yeah, now let's move on. Let's do the uh, community event. If you see it, I have behind me the Omega virus. You've probably been looking at it the whole time going, what the fuck, Jay? Talk about that. Well, I am going to talk about that. Our hashtag, we have a hashtag community event every week. And in fact, I've been getting your feedback about that. I'm going to do it every two weeks. I think two weeks is enough time for people to hear the episode, process everything, take part, and post in Discord instead of weekly. Weekly, not enough time, I don't think. So let's, let's go ahead and do that every two weeks. So, this community event is hashtag board game. And we had a, a flood of a lot of great, great submissions with board game. Let me pull up Discord here. I'm going to mirror my screen. And we're going to show off some stuff here. And we're going to take a look at all of your board game stuff. We're going to take a look at your board game stuff first. And then I'm going to talk about one of my all-time favorite board games right behind me here. The Omega virus i'm just waiting for my ipad to fucking load up here it's kind of slow i need a new ipad i need a um, a faster one okay here we go let's scroll up here to the top uh let's pop this on here boom there it is excellent and my man luke he sent me a message like hey man make sure to scroll up above your post because i don't want you to miss it don't worry buddy i got you brah bruh Mr. Luke, Patreon supporter and good friend, thank you so much. He said that he loves Mario Party 8. I have to agree, sir. In fact, <coughs> excuse me, Mario Party 8 is probably my second favorite Mario Party. What's your favorite Mario Party, Luke? Let me know. What's everyone's favorite Mario Party? I would love to know. Mine is 4 and 8. But he has created a Shy Guys Perplex Express Said I enjoy it so much, I decided to make a physical version of it in Lego. Let's take a look at this. Let's pull this up. Look at you, my man. Dude, okay. This is so cool. Do you remember this level in Mario Party 8? It's the train level where you you work through the train, you roll your die and go through, and then sometimes the train cars will move back and shift. And Oh, how cool, dude. Nice job. Nice job. Oh, that was like, where's the caboose? There it is. Oh, is that the star? The yellow right there? Is that the the secret, the star? I think it is. Very nice. Oh, this over here, though, this worries me. All I can see is my feet stepping on that and me going, ah! Fucking Legos! That hurts. Nice job, Luke. Looks great. Thanks for posting that. That's such a great throwback, too, man. So nice. The homie Digital Rhino, my man Ryan, also Patreon supporter and great friend. Says one of my favorites as a kid, Clue Master Detective, which had more rooms, more weapons, more guests than the original. Like the artwork and atmosphere of the mansion. I would have to agree. Look at this thing. Clue Master Detective. And I already posted here. You're going to have Steph getting pretty fucking triggered when she sees this. Clue is one of her all-time favorite board games. And games in general, to be honest. She loves it. Look at that, man. Is this 80s? Late 80s or early 90s? This looks really good. 
I bet you those pieces are metal too. Very nice. Mr. Digital Rhino in the house. Everyone loves a good Digital Rhino. Mr. Hambone81, thanks for coming through. Good to see you, sir. Marvel Legendary, such a fun deck building game. Yes, let's pop this up. Of course, we can't forget the deck builders out here. Lots of good fun doing that. Look at that. Ooh, there's a the whole stack. Look at that stack. Ooh, stacking. My face whenever, my face here, whenever I, uh, I, look, I look at Amazon delivery. Ah, I look at DoorDasher who's eating my food. Ah, even Bob's pissed at it. What's going on, Bob? Are you mad? What are you doing, bud? Uh, Maverick coming through. Hey, he says, I'll be honest, board games have never really been my favorite, but I feel Monopoly needs a shout out. Yes, it does. And you are in luck because the homie Alice coming through right below you there with a Monopoly edition that is pretty awesome. He says, bilinguals, Japanese and English comes with nice traditional Japanese craft pieces. Let's pull up the photo. I love the colors, first of all. It's very nice. Look at this. I've never, ever seen this before. What's down here? Oh, look at these pieces. Oh, it's cool. It's like Bambi. Is that Bambi? And it's the Easter Bunny. And the all-gen gamers whale. <laughs> no, that's way cool. Alice, nice post. Very, very cool. I've never seen that before. Thanks for showing it. And I'm sure there's other people in here that haven't seen it either. Very, very nice. Um, yeah, good stuff right there. Vaughn in the house talking about, you couldn't find any good pics of it, but Pandemic is easily his favorite board game of all time. Incredible co-op experience. Super hard to win. So it ends up being very tense when he plays it. Let's take a look at this. Yeah, it looks very tense. It looks looks like you're uh, you're basically down to business. In fact, it looks like you're uh, at a board meeting. You got like you know in those movies when they are all like planning out their strategy and they like had this like middle thing and it's all like the world's all there and they're like touching it like Matrix type shit. That's what it looks like. We're going to go and attack here first. We're going to infiltrate here and then move north forty knots and then we're going to come and beat them from the backside. Thanks, Vaughn. Appreciate that. Maverick coming through, correcting me. Hey, he watched Thrifting, and uh, yeah, thank you, Maverick. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was a photo album. I know, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Go check out our Thrifting episode if you haven't watched it yet. Episode 36, it's on YouTube. And then Andy, of course, with uh, putting uh, porno in here. Porno. Now that's porno right there. Look at those sexy ladies. Look at those sexy, sexy ladies. Gran Turismo Sport screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Soulstorm64. Thanks for coming through Discord, my friend. Good to see you. Jumanji, the board game, is his favorite. It's a very fun board game to bust out with friends and family. If you're a fan of the movie, you definitely need to check this out. Look at this. I've never seen this before. This is what's beautiful about this. Everyone can share, share these pictures, talk about their memories with it. It's just great. I love it. This is so fun. Oh, this person right here is how I feel when I'm doing Mr. Monocle. Let me inspect your Jumanji a little bit closer with my fucking monocle. <laughs> it's the digital rhino. There it is, Ryan. Look. Oh, it's the fucking digital rhino, mate. There it is. He's right there. See it. Oh, let me look at the board game. This is nice, man. Look at this. Wow, a lot of cool stuff uh, involved with it. Oh, it unfolds. Okay, I see on the left and right side. Yeah, that's cool, dude. 
Oh yeah, we'd play it. We'd absolutely play it. Uh, welcoming the Boom King in there. He jumped in. He's got some chat going on, conversation, and of course the homegirl E Dub four for four classic classic or get the fuck out. She said board games is uh, she's actually in a group. Funny enough, that play board games. We play every Thursday night after work. Whole variety of them. Many workers. Uh, many worker placement games, dice rolling, deck building, role playing, engine building. Wow. Copenhagen, Space Base, Foria. Lots of different great games she plays. That's awesome, Aaron. I think that's so cool. And Avon's talking about he's actually interested in designing his own board game, which if you do, sir, we would all love to see it in chat. Of course, folks, you want to take part, go to my website, heinyhouse.com. Scroll to the top. Click on the Discord icon and you can join in the chat. You see podcast chat right here. Click that. Jump in. Have fun. The water's great. You can jump in nude if you want. It's no big deal. We won't look. You know, we won't look if you don't want us to. Now I'm going to talk about one of my favorite games, the Omega Virus. I got this a long time ago. This is a Milton Bradley game and it is a electronic digital game for all of you. Um, what is that? Um, what is that mall game that has the phone? Mall phone? Fuck, what is it? I don't remember what it's called. But uh, yeah, it's an electronic game. And the objective of the game is to search rooms, find the virus, fight the virus, and kill the virus before it takes over the base station, the space station, and then takes over the world. Yep. It's real life, folks. It's really happening. <laughs> but um, so what you do is you, uh, here's your little pieces. Oop, shit. Here's your little dudes. They're way cool. Right? They got their little backpacks here that can equip weapons and things. You have your little droid that you can find in rooms that can help as well. Alright, so you can run around with your droid. And uh, the objective of the game is to basically, here's, here's this goes in the middle of the of the board, board game, and you can uh, enter the room. Do, 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 do. And then it tells you what's in that room. Sometimes nothing's found. Sometimes you find a weapon. Let's say you find, what is this? The disruptor. You find a disruptor. You find it in a room. You can then attach it to your dude. Boop. And now he's got it. And every time, like, the objective of the game, if you find all three of these weapons, that helps you better fight the virus when you encounter him. So you want to try to find all of the uh, all of these weapons and then uh, go and attack him after you've it's basically like grinding. You go around and grind and try to find it. It's super fun. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. And one thing... Oh, did I put it away? Here, I want to show you guys something. I forgot to pull it out here. One thing I want to show... Is, uh... Now, this game is... There's something about it. Because I had it as a kid, and I... I played it so much. I ended up destroying the box. I took it to my friends' houses, and we would play, man. We would have fun. We would, we'd get down on this shit. One thing I want to show you guys, and this is probably the rarest thing to find in here, is that it came with this. Basically, this is the manual, but it's a comic. And it's fully illustrated. Like, it's beautiful. Like, look at this. Talks about the disaster. Talks about what happened. Let me get a closer shot of this so you guys can see it. Probably something that 
hasn't really been seen a whole lot. I know a lot of collectors go after this game. And honestly, it was just another game to me. I just had it. It was fun. But this game fetches up to a hundred plus dollars if you can find it, you know, in good condition and complete. But it's the manuals you see, and it's got this great illustration throughout. Talk about how how the game works, movement. It's so cool, way cool. So, but yeah, man. I honestly, I know it sounds cheesy or corny or whatever, but like, I wish, I wish you all lived closer to me and we could just all get together and play board games, play this and have fun. Like I, I know it sounds cheesy or corny or whatever, but I, I really do wish that we could do that because this game is a ton of fun. If you ever, honestly, if you ever see it, buy it. Um, I was lucky because my original version, honestly, when I moved away, um, I don't know where it went. Who knows? Who really knows? But I got lucky. I went to a, a local um, collector toy shop in town. And I just happened to be there when this game walked in. Somebody was, was like trading it in or selling it. And they ended up buying it from the guy. And I was waiting around because I'm like, bro, I want that so bad. And I went up just to like make an offer. I'm like, hey, I, I'm interested in that. And uh, I asked him like, how much you want for it? And he said, ah, 20 bucks. And I go, fucking bingo. Bought it right there on the spot. Pulled out a 20. Boom, that was it. And it's complete. It's amazing. And anyway, I love it. So way cool. But a game that was made in the 90s to talk about computers and viruses and all the stuff that, you know, it's commonplace here now. But back in the day, it was kind of edgy. And, and you should hear, I should have put batteries in so you could hear the voice. He's super creepy, super scary, almost menacing in some ways. So it's really, really cool. Really, really like it. So anyway, that is my board game, the Omega the Omega virus. How about that? Um, yeah, so I thought about the uh, the hashtag for this next two weeks, and I thought, you know, I've been talking a lot about RPGs. We've been talking a lot about that. Uh, Cliva with his great question about RPGs, and I think I'm going to make it hashtag my fave RPG. Let's talk about that. Maybe a picture, you got some old Super Nintendo games, you got some old NES, you got some Genesis, like what are some, you got some Final Fantasy swag, like, you know, what? what's your favorite RPG, maybe a memory attached to it, and uh, just interpret it how you want. I think I'm going to go get my Chrono Trigger, and I'm going to take a, a picture of that and show that off. I think, I mean, everyone knows what it looks like, but it's still, I'm going to put it in there for that, and it'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, hey, take part. Everyone loves RPGs, right? You guys love them more than I do, so please take part. Have a lot of fun with it. And uh, yeah, let's get down on that. Um, I think that pretty much about wraps up the show. I appreciate all of you so, so much. Again, shout out to all of these amazing people you see right here on your screen. Round of applause. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Jason Heine is uh, where you're going to go. And I uh, really appreciate the support. And of course, give me a call on the Heine House hotline. 503-908-5490 is the phone number again. 503-908-5490. I would love to take your calls. Questions, comments, concerns, get at me. I would love to listen. All right? HeineHouse.com's website. You guys are amazing. Have a fantastic week. And I hope you play some great, great games. Hashtag my fave RPG. One love. Later. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. 
This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe he had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something, something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you. Ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now.